from Public Radio International, this is The World. A co-production of the BBC World Service, PRI, and WGBH Boston. It's Monday, May 17th. I'm Marco Werman. Iran says it will send some of its low-enriched uranium abroad in return for higher-grade nuclear fuel for a research reactor. The West is cautious about the deal. Also, Chinese investments in Kenya mean Chinese workers getting lots of the jobs, but some Kenyans don't mind at all. Better to give the Chinese. They'll make everything proper. Our people, they're useless, I'm telling you. Plus, American notions of mental illness go global, and a Lebanese immigrant dons the crown of Miss USA. Now this news. BBC News with David Austin. There's been a cautious international reception to the announcement by Iran that it will send some of its low-enriched uranium abroad in return for higher-grade nuclear fuel for a research reactor. The United Nations said the move was encouraging, as did Russia, but concern was expressed by the United States at Iran's statement that it intends to continue to enrich uranium. The White House spokesman, Robert Gibbs, said Iran must give an authoritative statement of its plans to the International Atomic Energy Agency. This uh, uh, proposal should be submitted directly to the IAEA to evaluate, uh, fine print and all, so the international community can, uh, can take a look. But it does not change uh, the steps that we are taking to hold Iran uh, responsible for its obligations, and those in including sanctions. The United Nations has appointed a Costa Rican diplomat, Cristiana Figueres, as its new climate chief. She'll be in charge of stalled international talks on how to counter the effects of greenhouse gases on global warming. Here's our environment reporter, Matt McGrath. Cristiana Figueres is a widely respected diplomat who has been part of our country's negotiating team in the global climate talks process since 1995. Costa Rica has been praised for its progressive environmental policies, which aim to make the country carbon neutral by 2021. The current UN climate chief, Eva de Boer, decided to step down earlier this year after negotiations in Copenhagen last December on a new global agreement ended in disappointment and rancour. Ms Figueres faces a major task in trying to revive the talks process. An influential think tank, the International Crisis Group, says tens of thousands of Tamil civilians were killed in the final stages of Sri Lanka's civil war, which ended exactly a year ago. From Colombo, here's Charles Haviland. The International Crisis Group says that from eyewitness evidence, it believes at least 30,000 civilians were killed and countless others wounded and deprived of food and medicine. It says there should be an independent international inquiry into possible war crimes by both sides. But it comes down most heavily on the government, saying there's evidence that it intentionally shelled civilians, hospitals and humanitarian operations. The authorities here have, however, repeatedly denied inflicting civilian casualties. The government of Thailand says it's received an offer of a truce from the red-shirted protesters in the capital, Bangkok. The offer was apparently made in a phone call by a red-shirt leader to one of the Prime Minister's aides. A deadline for the protesters to leave their fortified camp passed on Monday with no sign of a resolution to the crisis. The government has said it would consider negotiating with the red shirts to end the standoff if they stop their attacks on the authorities. At least 37 people have died in clashes since last Thursday. World News from the BBC. 
Officials in central India say at least 35 people, most of them civilians, were killed when suspected Maoist rebels detonated a landmine under a passenger bus. Eleven security personnel travelling on the bus were among the dead. The attack took place in the state of Chhattisgarh, which has witnessed fierce fighting between the Maoists and Indian government forces. The Maoists say they're fighting for the rights of India's rural poor, but the central government says their methods are unacceptable in a democracy. A plane with more than 40 people on board has crashed in Afghanistan. It was on its way to the capital, Kabul, from the city of Kunduz, when it went down near the Salang Pass. There's no word on the fate of the 38 passengers and six crew, but local people reported hearing an explosion. Afghan officials.